The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Erica. We're the hosts of A Thing or Two. We are professional enthusiasts constantly on the hunt for the products, books, and trends that should be on your radar. And we share them with you every Monday, whether it's marinated olive oil that we're putting on everything, a deep dive on pillows, or the fact that suddenly gas stoves are on everyone's outlist for 2023. We challenge the friends we invite on the show to bring their own favorite thingies too. Like when Ellen Van Dusen spilled about the IG account that's keeping her current with the youths. We also love a gift guide. We take listener questions, Dear Abby style, and tell you what to get your vegan minimalist co-worker or your sister-in-law who loves to hunt. So be sure to listen and follow A Thing or Two with Claire and Erica wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via telehealth and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and the newest book, Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, our telehealth center, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open and lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners, we're giving away free signed books. We're giving away other free healthy things every single week for all the listeners of The Art of Being Well. Today, we're giving away free signed books. All you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. And every single month, no matter when you listen to this episode, we'll be randomly picking winners every month. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you could take a screenshot of that review and message me with that review on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And then we'll be going through the messages on Instagram as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves. We'll pick winners every single month. I'll reach out to you. We'll ask which book you want me to sign and we'll send it out to you. Good luck. All right, let's get to today's guest. Her name is Hannah Kleinfeld. Hannah is the chief operating officer and founding member at Omnibiotic in the United States. She brings a dynamic background to the probiotic industry. With a bachelor's degree from Yale and an MBA from Harvard, she honed her skills as a Harvard Leadership Fellow at Boston Medical Center and at McKinsey and Company, specializing in healthcare. She's a wealth of information on all things gut health. Let's get right to it. This is Hannah Kleinfeld's Art of Being Well. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Dr. Cole. It's going to be so much fun. People love to nerd out with us about gut health. And today will be no exception. It'll be a gut health nerd out. Sounds great. <laughs> All right. So you talk about how, and I would agree with you, though we're having, we are facing over the past years and today, a gut health crisis. What exactly is going on? What do the statistics say? Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because, you know, on the one hand, I think many of us are aspiring to live these healthier, longer lives. But if you are looking at the statistics, not just the United States, but I think a lot of the Western world is really in this chronic health crisis where obesity is on the rise. I think 40% of Americans are currently struggling with weight. 
About 30% of Americans are diagnosed with metabolic syndrome. Mental health conditions such as depression are on the rise. And our life expectancy for the first time in many decades is actually declining. You know, I think that's not really anyone's fault per se. It's just our lifestyle, our exposure to chemicals, our overly processed diet, kind of environmental factors as well. But one of the things that I think people haven't fully unlocked is the importance of the gut microbiome and how it's linked to so many different systems in the body. And oftentimes, you know, we might be trying to address things with nutrition or lifestyle, but essentially, if your gut has inflammation or your gut microbiome is completely out of balance, that can impact a lot of these other things. And research has shown over and over again that a healthy gut equals overall well-being and an unhealthy Mm -hmm. gut is linked to so many different illnesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. So how did you get into this space? I'm curious. So I started out studying economics and psychology and then was in management consulting for a few years. And that's kind of where I thought my career would go. But then as fate would have it, I got a pretty bad case of Lyme disease in my early 20s. And that Mm. really opened my eyes to, you know, health is the stepping stone to everything. And especially for someone, you know, in their mid 20s, living in New York City, living the like high energy life, it was really quite an awakening when suddenly my health was not where it used to be. And as you probably in your community also know, treating Lyme often involves a lot of antibiotics, which wrecks havoc on your gut and your overall well-being. And then on top of that, the Lyme itself did a number on my gut and many other systems in the body. And that really set me on my own personal health journey And as I was working on repairing my gut, I was introduced to Omnibiotic through a doctor of ours in Germany, actually, my family's from Germany. And she was raving about these new Omnibiotic probiotics that were taking the German market by storm. You know, she was really impressed by the fact that they were targeted formulations with incredible clinical studies behind them. And I basically started an experiment on myself. I took Omnibiotic for a few months and made really great improvements, not just in my gut health, but my mental clarity, my energy, all the things that I had been trying to restore for months were finally coming back. And then when I ran out of Omnibiotic, because they weren't available in the US at that time, and I went to a US brand, that progress kind of stalled. And that really begged the question for me, you know, why is Omnibiotic not in the US? And how can I get it here? So, you know, fast forward a few years when I was at business school, that question was still haunting me and I decided to dive into it. And a couple of years later, here we are. Wow. So you're the reason why omnibiotics in the United States. I would say I definitely played a big part in it. Yes. Obviously, it always takes more than one person. It takes a village. Of course, a team. Right. (laughs) Right. That's amazing. I, I did not know that. So let's talk about this. The German gut science, European science, like what was going on in Germany and the research that made this product so effective for your gut health? Yeah. So the journey of Omnibiotic actually started over 30 years ago. The founder of Omnibiotic and the concept behind it is Anita Fravalna. She was a pharmacist by training at the time and went through her own very personal journey of uh, losing someone very close to her to colon cancer. And that really prompted her journey on asking, you know, what else was I missing? What was the missing piece? And that introduced her, if you think about it, 30 years ago, 
probiotics and gut microbiome was not as trendy as it is today. So that really set her on her own personal journey and ended up in the development of the first omnibiotic product. And, you know, since then they've developed additional uh, formulations. And, you know, at this point, omnibiotic is number one in many of the European markets. It's actually the number three probiotic brand worldwide if you look at IQVIA data. So a lot has happened since then, but that's really where it started. I love it. So I know there's some very compelling clinical trials with these probiotics. What's the data showing? What's the research saying? Yeah. So I think, you know, to back up for a minute, so omnibiotic, as I mentioned, it's targeted formulations. And really the idea behind it is you can't just throw together a couple of strains and hope that they will do magic in your body because, you know, each strain does its own thing. And on top of that, we know that different probiotic strains can either work together to accomplish a third task, or they can kind of cancel each other out. So at Omnibiotic, we're taking this very targeted approach. The strains are mindfully combined with specific health outcomes or endpoints in mind, and then those are clinically tested. And so each of the formulations has clinical studies. Let's start talking about, for example, our Omnibiotic stress release product. That is our probiotic that was really developed with the intent of helping the body manage stress. As you know, and all your listeners probably know, stress is very detrimental to our body and also our gut microbiome. It diminishes our good bacteria, increases inflammation in the gut, which can then lead to inflammation in the body, leaky gut, a lot of other things. And so omnibiotic stress release was really developed with that in mind. So some of the studies on omnibiotic stress release, my favorite studies are actually MRI studies. And in those studies, we've looked at literally functional connectivity changes after taking stress release in healthy participants. And in one of the studies, we looked at especially mood and kind of attention, and the researchers found a 2.5x increase in response accuracy on certain mental tasks, a 2x improvement in mood, and a 2x reduction in negative thoughts such as hopelessness and risk aversion which essentially translates into a more positive and stable mood just after four weeks of taking omnibiotic stress release. And, wow. you know, it's a probiotic. It's, it's something that's, you know, it's, you're not taking a, a pharmaceutical or, you know, you're not doing these 10,000 crazy things. It's the simple act of taking once a day a probiotic to replenish those good bacteria that are living in your gut. What are the other formulas? That's a stress one. Mm-hmm. What are your other favorite ones? What are people loving the most? Yeah. The other formulas that we currently have here in the U.S. is, so I mentioned the stress release. Another really fan favorite is the Omnibiotic Hetox. Hetox is really developed to support the gut-liver axis. You know, the gut and liver are directly connected through the portal vein. Anything from our gut that gets absorbed gets kind of filtered through the liver as our main detoxification organ. And what happens is if the gut is permeable or leaky, a lot of unwanted substances increased toxins, you know, bigger compounds that we don't want in our bloodstream actually leak into the bloodstream and reach the liver. Over time, the liver gets overburdened and that then, you know, compromises liver function, can impact your metabolism and also your detoxification pathways. So omnibiotic ketox was developed with this gut-liver axis in mind. And one of my favorite studies here is one that they did on patients with type 2 diabetes. And they took omnibiotic detox, made no other changes in their diet or lifestyle or medications, 
And after three and six months, they looked at a variety of cardiometabolic markers. After six months, patients had seen a 70% decrease in endotoxin levels, a 53% decrease in C-reactive protein, which is a huge inflammation marker, and a 64% improvement in insulin resistance markers, just to name a few. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And people always ask me, is this product just for people who have, you know, already metabolic issues? And I always say no, because the sooner you can start supporting your body and your liver and your detoxification pathways, the more you avoid kind of even getting into that territory where you're raising red flags. So, you know, it's Mm -hmm. detox is really a great option for people who are burning the candle on both ends. They're stressed and maybe eating out a lot and maybe drinking Mm -hmm. alcohol or maybe taking medication. So again, you know, it's really asking how can you support your body in your best way possible wherever you are with your lifestyle and your circumstances. Uh, this is so exciting. So we have one that supports the gut mood axis. We have one that mm-hmm. supports the gut gut liver axis. Any other ones that we have access to in yes. the US market? Yeah. So then we have our gut restoration product, which is the Omnibiotic AB10. That really is aimed at restoring the gut either during or after antibiotic intake. We also have some really compelling clinical evidence here that it helps fight C. diff which is obviously a huge issue, especially in hospitals. And also, this is a really good one because it has these pathogen-fighting properties for anyone who just kind of needs a bit of a reset in their gut. And then we have our Omnibiotic Balance, which is our immune support and kind of overall digestion support formula, which is also actually really good for people with constipation. We've heard really great things from our customers on that. And then we have our prenatal and infant formula called Omnibiotic Panda. Wonderful. I mean, can you share any like up and coming? Or is there any products that we're going to see in the next year or so that that we can look look forward to? So the European portfolio of Omnibiotic is bigger than what is currently available in the U.S. And we we actually do have plans to expand the U.S. portfolio with one to two products, most likely. The one is more of a fun product, and the other one is geared towards people who are under really high physical demands. That's what I will say for now. <laughs> All right. We'll look forward to that. Clinically, we have we have a lot of patients that have autoimmune issues and different inflammatory GI issues. Mm-hmm. And even people that listen to the podcast, as we know, we were talking about this gut health epidemic, but at this certain subset of people have different, you know, inflammatory bowel issues. Is there a specific formula for that population that you like more than than others for those people? Yeah, so it really depends. So I, I'll, I'll give you two answers. The straightforward answer is omnibiotic stress release because first we have a clinical study with IBS patients showing an 80% improvement in symptom severity after four weeks of taking the product. And we really attribute that to the, real, the anti-inflammatory effects of omnibiotic stress release in addition to really focusing on gut barrier support. So a lot of people who have these inflammatory bowel conditions really benefit from that. In addition, mm-hmm. several practitioners also here in the US have recently experimented with introducing omnibiotic AB10 for a month or two before going on to stress release. The idea being, especially for things like post-infectious IBS, where you know you maybe got it through a pathogen, you're trying to clear out some of these pathogens before then working on restoring and you know reducing the inflammation. 
I love it. That's a great approach. So let's talk about the research that I'm aware of, of what you all have done to show the survivability. Because mm-hmm. people, there's so many probiotics on the market and they see like X amount of, you know, million CFUs. Like what do people need to know in buying a probiotic? And beyond that, survivability is everything, right? Yeah. So what's the data show? Yeah. So I think, you know, Many people get so hooked on CFUs, but that's really only important if those CFUs make it into your intestines. So the mere definition of a probiotic is a living organism conferring benefits to the host, right? So you need the probiotics to get into your intestines alive and metabolically active. Most probiotics, especially in capsules, are freeze-dried. And what happens is the first liquid they get in contact with they soak up. And if that liquid happens to be your stomach acid or the bile salts in your upper intestines, that's way too acidic for them and they die. So that's why a lot of these probiotics out there, they're dying before they even get into the part of your intestines where you want them. Omnibiotic, we have a powder delivery mechanism where you activate the powder in water prior to intake. And it also includes prebiotic nutrients that were specifically selected for the probiotic bacteria in that formulation. So they get rehydrated in a liquid that doesn't kill them. They find their prebiotic nutrients, which makes them really strong for this passage to the acidic GI tract. And that makes them reach the intestines alive and metabolically active. We've tested this, as you just mentioned, in a GI simulator. Omnibiotic, 83% of our probiotic bacteria make it into the intestines alive and metabolically active compared to an average of 7% across leading U.S. brands. Wow, 7% and 83%. Yes. I mean, and that's why, right, that a lot of these probiotic companies, when you talk about a lack of survivability, have to have these high levels because such a small amount even make it to Exactly, exactly. So mixing it in water, that's very novel. I mean, why is it done that way? I'm I'm assuming, is it strictly for the survivability or are there other reasons as well to mix it in water? A lot of it is the survivability. You know, if they already can metabolize some of these prebiotic nutrients, it just makes them really strong. And I think one of the things, an analogy that I once heard and really like is you kind of have to think about it, like what are the kind of little soldiers or helpers you want in your gut? Do you want them to be really energized kind of at their prime? Or do you want them already walking on crutches and dissolving them in water, rehydrating them in a liquid that's most beneficial to them, and then giving them these nutrients makes them to be your strongest, most active bacteria. And then they can best colonize and really do the work that they're supposed to be doing in your gut. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right. So let's talk about, you mentioned these specific targeted strains and species and substrains. What are the ones you're most excited about as far as these specific bacterial strains? And then some people could be mindful of like what they're getting out of these amazing products. Yeah, I think to me, really the most exciting thing is the fact that you can combine these different bacteria into formulations where you can then measure specific outcomes. And I think, you know, I've often heard from friends and others where they say, oh, I've tried a product, but it didn't work for me. And it's like, okay, well, what were you trying to accomplish? Because the product you take to help with diarrhea is probably a very different product than the one you would take to help with immune function, just based on the strains in it. And I think Mm -hmm. to me, this is the 
most exciting thing that you can, you know, you can combine these strains, which they're, they're living things. You combine them into products that then help you accomplish things in your health that you can really track and be kind of intentional about. Is there anyone, any specific strains that you like the most? I wouldn't say strains. I mean, I think the strains that can fight other pathogens are so cool. I mean, think about it. You have Mm. these little warriors in your gut that can basically fight off unwanted, even very pathogenic bacteria. I think that's really cool. In terms of my favorite formulation, you know, we already spoke about it. It's the omnibiotic stress release. I love it. I, mm-hmm. I personally take it. I really feel the impact on my mood in addition to my gut health. Many people also report better sleep. So that's my fan favorite. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've played around with all the formulations and I really vary them. I switch them up based on what I'm going through. You know, if I have mm-hmm. to, for some unfortunate reason, take antibiotics, I bet you I'm taking omnibiotic 80-10 for a month. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. Throughout the holidays, indulging more, maybe I'm switching to omnibiotic detox to also support my detoxification. So that's the other cool thing about omnibiotic is you have that ability to kind of pick and choose depending on what you're looking to optimize. Mm-hmm. You mentioned diarrhea earlier. A lot mm-hmm. of people struggle with uh, IBS issues. Let's talk about IBSD specifically. You mentioned a formula good for constipation. Mm-hmm. Is there a one that you think is extra effective or have seen to be extra effective for people that have diarrhea? Yeah. So if it's diarrhea, that's from, you know, traveling or food poisoning or even diarrhea after staying at the hospital or taking antibiotics, then absolutely omnibiotic AB10. You know, we have shown in clinical studies that it significantly reduces the incidence of um, antibiotic associated diarrhea and it reduces those gram-negative bacteria such as C. diff also in your intestines. So that for Mm -hmm. sure. For IBSD, I would go back to omnibiotic stress release, given that we have Mm -hmm. that study on IBS patients, really reducing the inflammation and making sure your gut barrier is intact and working well. Got it. So I'd love to talk about, if you could explain to people the mechanism of action for this, because we oftentimes think of probiotics as like, grass seed, right? We put it in and it, 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 it grows like seeds. I've heard it also explained more accurately is that it's influencing the economy of the microbiome, right? It's modulating other microbes. How, how do you explain it? Yeah. So I really think of it as my own powerhouse in my gut. I really you know, envision these little helpers, little elves. They all have their own little functions. And, you know, they either perform tasks by themselves or more likely they pair up with others and perform additional tasks. And then, you know, the thing that you also mentioned, which is really important, is they make sure the overall environment is conducive to these other good bacteria to thrive and to keep these unwanted or opportunistic bacteria and yeasts out. You know, the third is just part of that environment is also keeping your mucus layer and your intestines intact, which directly influences, you know, your digestion and your nutrient absorption. And, you know, then the third is these the, the metabolites and things they're producing that, you know, the neurotransmitters, the hormones, they're implicated in so many other systems in the body. I think that's really where it gets so, I mean, we could talk hours about that. And that's 
what I think is so exciting. Mm -hmm. It really is. If people are listening right now, when they're listening right now, is there a specific time of day that people should be taking probiotics to make it more effective? Like what are your top pro tips when it comes to timing of probiotic taking? Yeah, we get this question all the time and I know it differs by brand. For us, for Omnibiotic, we say take it on an empty stomach. The reason being you want them to just pass through the stomach as quickly as possible because it is acidic. So yes, they can resist it really well, but also why have them stuck in there with food that's being digested and churned around if they can just pass through really quickly on an empty stomach. Most of our customers really like taking them first thing in the morning and then waiting maybe 20 minutes before you eat breakfast or right before bed. I take them right before bed because I like the idea that overnight my GI tract is kind of resting and really absorbing and using these new probiotics that I just put in there. And then, you know, I think the other thing that's important is just consistency is key. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you said, you're kind of replenishing and building this ecosystem or economy in your gut. And, you know, it's not really helpful if you're just taking a probiotic for one day and then you forget about it for two weeks. This is something you really want to take consistently and incorporate into your daily wellness routine. Got it. Are you a fan of rotating probiotics and switching to different formula or do you personally stick with the same one? I'm a fan of kind of a balance of the two. I think especially for the ones that are, you know, a gut brain axis support or the gut liver axis support, in order to feel those kind of deeper systemic effects, I really do think you you benefit from taking it for, you know, a few months. However, it makes sense to rotate depending on what's going on in your life. So, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, like if you suddenly are going through a really stressful period or you know, everybody around you is getting sick, then maybe switch to the immune support probiotic. And, you know, so, so I would think it more like that, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on what's going on in your life, you can choose the best formulation for you. All right. This has been great. What, what beyond probiotics, what are some of your other favorite gut health tools in, in your life personally? I think one of the biggest things is what are you putting into your body? thinking about what's creating inflammation in the gut, you know, for me personally, that's gluten. So I avoid that. But I think also other, you know, just even for people who are like, where should I start? I'm a big fan of, you know, maybe an elimination diet to just figure out what is triggering you and trying to eliminate that reducing that inflammation and the burden on your gut, you know, being mindful of other things you put in your body, alcohol, medications, just understanding what the possible impacts could be on on the gut. I also think stress is a really big factor. We all know this. I mean, so many people will tell me when I'm stressed, I get diarrhea or when I'm stressed, I'm so bloated. I'm so nauseous. I can't eat. Like people tell you these Mm -hmm. things and the gut, that's why, you know, the gut and the brain are so closely connected. So just making sure you manage your stress and hydration. I think hydration is something so many people forget, but you know, if, if we're not hydrated, our intestines suffer too. I love it. What's your favorite, if you had to pick like your favorite gut health supporting food, do you have one that you love? I would say just a diverse range of vegetables to get that fiber in. I mean, our gut microbiome thrives on fiber and it wants diverse fiber because different bacteria like different fibers. So I would say diverse vegetables. I love it. Eat the rainbow. Eat the rainbow. I love it. Do you feel like when you're comparing the 
average consumer or patient, whatever, of people between Europe, to talk about Germany specifically, and the United States, is there like an education gap between gut health or are we about the same? I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a great question. I think in Europe, especially like Central Europe, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, gut health and especially how to support your gut when you're taking antibiotics is much more ingrained. I mean, many doctors will prescribe probiotics with an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. Many hospitals actually start giving probiotics to their patients if they're taking antibiotics. Mm -hmm. In that sense, the awareness, especially in these acute situations of you're kind of doing a big burden on your gut microbiome through the antibiotics, let's support it. I think that is more sort of ingrained mm-hmm. in, in Europe than it is here. Mm-hmm. And I also think, yeah, I, I think in, in some ways, maybe people in Europe are also more connected or open to these more alternative ways of healing and, you know, looking at the body as kind of a, a holistic system. But thankfully, through, you know, functional medicine and integrative medicine, we're, we're getting there here as well. I agree with you. And I, I see that. I see that with my European telehealth patients that their conventional GP or their, I mean, not to say this is always the case, but I see it mm-hmm. more often, I should say. It's, it's less rare there. Exactly what you're saying is that they'll recommend more natural things, either adjunctively, complementary with the pharmaceutical or the medication or solely the natural option, which Mm -hmm. is just unheard Mm -hmm. of basically in the United States. And I think, like you said, it's getting better here over the past 15, 20 years, but still have a long way to go. I think you brought up a good point. And this is a question that we'll often get with new patients. Okay. I have to go on an antibiotic do I want to wait until I'm after I'm off of the antibiotic to take the probiotic or should I take it during? You can get different opinions, different people. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get your take. Yeah, I think it depends a little bit. I think I would kind of bracket out SIBO because I think with SIBO, since it's small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, it often does make sense to first kill that overgrowth with the antibiotic before taking probiotics. But in many other cases, if you're taking antibiotics for surgery or, you know, your whatever, bronchitis, things like that, our recommendation is to take omnibiotic AB10 as soon as you start the antibiotic. The idea being every time you take your antibiotic, you're diminishing your good gut flora. And if you're taking an antibiotic over multiple weeks, you're diminishing it so far that by the end of these four weeks, if you only then start replenishing, you have such a long way to go. and those four weeks, there was so much opportunity for opportunistic bacteria to start thriving, for yeasts to start thriving, or even pathogenic bacteria to start taking mm-hmm. host. So that's why we recommend take it together and then take the probiotic at least for another four weeks after you finish the antibiotics. Love that. As you mentioned earlier, I would also highlight something you said was that many probiotics can act as antibiotics in the sense that they fight pathogens, right? So it's not, they're complementary in many ways to the antibiotic when you have pathogenic and virulent bacteria. You brought up SIBO. That's something that we see clinically a lot. Is there one formula from omnibiotics that you find to be extra beneficial for people with SIBO? Yeah, with SIBO, you know, I think at least from what I've seen in many of the 
practitioners I've spoken to, especially here in the US, oftentimes you do need to treat it with something antimicrobial, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a plant-based antimicrobial or an antibiotic, because even a plant-based antimicrobial can also diminish some of your good gut flora. So we kind of take a similar approach there and say, most of the time people benefit from at least one month of the omnibiotic AB10 to just restore and replenish. And then I would say it really depends, you know, the next question I would ask is, do we have a sense why the SIBO even happened? You know, Mm -hmm. was it because you have a lot of inflammation in your intestines or what, you know, then maybe omnibiotic stress release? Was it because you, you know, were under a lot of stress? And so then just kind of thinking, okay, how do we now support the gut flora more long-term with one of these other targeted formulations? Got it. You obviously have the dosage, the standard dosage on the boxes to take it on a regular basis, but is there a time and place to take higher than what's on the box for people in certain instances? Have you seen protocols of different clinicians use it in Mm -hmm. this way? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of interesting things. So for the omnibiotic AB10, if people have pretty severe diarrhea because of antibiotic use, we've seen some practitioners recommend up to three times a day sometimes even more just to kind of get that under control. And that works for those practitioners and their patients. I've also heard from some customers or even practitioners who are advising their patients to take a different product a couple times a day, two, three times a day, or, or just doubling up. They'll mm-hmm. take a double dose for specific situations. You know, we then also have some practitioners who are playing around with how else can you use it? We have a practitioner who likes to sprinkle it in the mouth if people have sores in their mouth or oral thrush. You know, I've heard of people experimenting with putting it on their skin if they're having eczema and things like that. So that that's where you get into some really interesting experiments, I guess. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I love that you have your ear to the clinician. I mean, you see the clinical trials in the sort of the research world, but the clinical world, I mean, clinicians can get very creative. There's a reason why they call it a practice, right? Because clinicians are seeing effects and they may not have Mm -hmm. the randomized control trials, but they're seeing it improve people's lives, which is, I find- Yeah, I love hearing those stories. Honestly, firsthand hearing how how people are using omnibiotic and how it's improving their quality of life is just, that's what fuels us all here at Omnibiotic. I love it. So as you know, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. At the end of every episode, Mm -hmm. we have your art of being well. This is Hannah Gleinfeld's Art of Being Well. First question is, what is the worst tasting healthy food that you eat? It tastes disgusting, but you still have it because it's so good for you and there's some amazing health science behind it. Yeah, I would say some of those spirulina you know, drops that you can add to things. I think it just tastes like algae, but it's obviously, you know, so helpful for detoxification. So I don't take them often, but when I do, I have to remind myself of why I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. What's your favorite outdoor nature sound? Something that's therapeutic from a auditory standpoint. I would say the waves of the ocean. It just reminds me of so many fun summers as a kid and even now and you know also for meditation i mean just the sound of your breath and the sound of the waves love that what's your favorite natural scent like something a scent from mm-hmm. nature i love honeysuckle in the summer and lavender oh, so good do you have a favorite 
Oasis favorite, maybe not enough people know about it, place in Germany that you love to visit? Yeah, I so I grew up in Munich for most of my life. And just the lakes outside of Munich, you know, Lake Chigansee, Lake Starnberg, they're just such beautiful nature. And you can go in the summer and in the winter and, and really any season for hiking or swimming or just kind of being out in, in the outdoors. So I, I would say, check that out. I love it. Have you ever been to New Schwanstein? It's like, yes. I still think of that castle on a regular basis. It's just... This is true. I mean, that's just a whole new level of astonishment yeah. and wonder. And yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that's what Walt Disney used for the cat, like the inspiration for the Disney castle. That's probably true. I think, yeah. I think that's true. I wouldn't be surprised. Do you have a preference, coffee or tea? What would you pick? For my morning yes. routine, yes. certainly coffee. I do love a good herbal tea, but you know, for energy, definitely coffee. Got it. I love asking people that are from like two different worlds culturally. What are <laughs> like the stereotypes or it could be true or not right? or misconceptions about Americans that Germans have let's start there like is there any like stereotype that like Germans think Americans are and it may or may not be true oh that's a good one I think when people in Germany who haven't been to the U.S. when they think about the U.S. they often just think about you know what they see in the movies like New York City or you know, Malibu Beach or Los Angeles. And I think then when they come visit and they realize, wow, the United States is so vast and there's so many amazing cities and different cultures. And I think that's really what's so surprising and amazing mm -hmm. to them. Yeah, it's it's more than Hollywood for sure. And mm -hmm. conversely, like, what, is there anything that, that Americans assume about Germans that you find funny and not so true. Yeah. I mean, I just love, I think, I mean, again, this is me kind of very much generalizing, but I do think there's this association with just like sausage and beer. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's really just a very small portion of like basically the, the Southern German area. And so I think that's one thing that I just laugh at. So funny. I remember in college we had German night in the dining hall and it was always just like sausage and sauerkraut and potatoes and I always cringed a little because that's just <laughs> not you know I mean that's just such a little like very narrow view of the world yeah I hear you I love it we, we're so reductive when it comes to cultures right it's like when you go to Epcot at Disney World it's like what's it's the most whatever they these cliches of of the country mm -hmm. That's partly true, but not the entirety of it. Exactly. Yeah. What's one wellness myth that you would like to dispel? I think it's shifting the mindset, but I still think many people have this, they're searching for the one thing, the one pill, the one hack that's going to change everything. And I mean, you, I'm sure know this too, from a functional perspective, the body is so many different systems and they all work so intricately together. So it's, it's not one thing. It's, you know, your lifestyle, what are you putting into your body? How are you supporting your body through food, through supplements, through stress management? It's really, once all that comes together, I think that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. Agreed. What's one mindfulness or spiritual practice or tool that that has helped you the most personally? I mean, for me, I think 
I love a good meditation and also movement, whether that's, you know, going on a walk outdoors or yoga, Pilates. I love all those things. But I think just carving out that time where you're just more focusing on your body and just being in the moment versus on your phone or other, you know, talking to someone, just kind of being with yourself, I think is so rare. And I really cherish those moments. Mm -hmm. You mentioned yoga and Pilates. If you had to pick like out of all exercises and forms of exercises, what's your favorite way to exercise? I think if I had to pick one, it would be Pilates. Do you like, I mean, and there's reformers like on the mat, like do you have one? Just in my house on my mat, maybe with some light weights, but the least of efforts to get myself to the point where I actually am, you know, working out. I think you can make things so complicated by having to get in a car and driving mm -hmm. somewhere and signing up for a class like the, for me, at least it works to just yeah. have it as easy and kind of least resistance mm -hmm. as possible. I agree with you. I prefer working out at home. You know, I think obviously there's a time and place for a trainer or whatever. I, I don't want to have to drive, <laughs> drive the park. And it's like my whole day is eaten up for just yeah. moving my body. I want to be my own motivator. I don't need. Right. COVID has changed that a lot. I think it really has shown people how they can accomplish a lot, just even in their apartment with just a, a, a mat yeah. and body weight, body weight, you know? Yeah. Agree. What's your favorite restaurant in the world? And when you're there, what do you order? I would say it has to be the Spatenhaus at the Opera Square in Munich. And I order whatever I can find that is still very Bavarian and does not contain gluten, which is a challenge, but it's getting easier. <laughs> I feel like Europe's changing with the gluten-free options. Yes, getting a lot better. Yeah, I agree. What's the weirdest or people would think it was strange or controversial thing that you've done for your wellness that you're willing to admit on a podcast? I think not necessarily controversial, but I think a lot of, especially my friends are surprised at how much I'm willing to kind of dive into my health. But I really think, you know, working with a functional medicine doctor to just look at, I mean, the blood work and the tests you guys run is mm -hmm. so cool. And I think it helped me understand so much what's what's going on in my body. You know, what are my weak spots? Um, what are maybe some things I need to be mindful of? And and really just diving into some of that lab work. I, I know it sounds really nerdy and it can get pricey um, because some of, you know, a lot of those kind of functional medicine tests are unfortunately not yet covered by insurance. But at least for me, it knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just think it's so fascinating what you can learn about your body. Mm -hmm. I, I have to say, I hear that from patients a lot is they'll say, my friends and family think I'm so weird that I want to know this. They don't understand it. I think that's a good answer. No one's ever said that before, but certainly mm. for people that have had labs done, I hear from telehealth patients, they don't like their friends and family don't get it. Like they may be supportive, yeah. but they don't understand mm -hmm. it. What's your favorite way for you personally to increase your energy levels? Going outside on a walk, mm -hmm. even if it's a quick walk. I think sunlight and fresh air and movement and just, again, like not being on your phone, you know, or on your screen is such a great way for doing that. Love it. All right. Last question. What's a book that you've read in the last year? It could be fiction or nonfiction that just really inspired you. Ooh, that's a good question. I read a book, although I'm blanking on the title. Oh, I, 
Oh, yeah. I'm blanking on the title right now. I was just checking if it's in my bookshelf. It was about the gut microbiome and just really summarizing all the cool science behind, um, you know, what we've been finding in the last 10 years or so and how it's connected to, again, all the different systems in our body. I just love when all the new knowledge is summarized in a way that kind of connects it all, Mm -hmm. even if some of it is, is not new, new, but it's still like, oh, yeah that's a really cool connection that I really maybe haven't been thinking about. I love it. We'll have to get the name of that book. We can add it to the show yes, notes Yes, I later. will tell you for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So where can people go to learn more about all these amazing, amazing science and these amazing tools that we talked about today? Yeah. So our website is omnibioticlife.com and Instagram is at omnibioticlife. And I would say those are really two good destinations to get started. Awesome. And we have a special code. Again, everybody go to omnibioticlife.com. That's O-M-N-I-B-I-O-T-I-C-L-I-F-E.com. I I think I could spell omnibioticlife.com and use code Dr. Will Cole. That's all one word, D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E. Dr. Will Cole, use that code for an exclusive 20% off. And you can join the gut health revolution and experience omnibiotic difference for yourself. I love these products and I'm so excited to learn even more today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Dr. Cole. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.